Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. Over the next hour, you'll have the opportunity to listen to Cynthia Hyatt, an internationally recognized therapist and life management expert in private practice with offices in Phoenix and Scottsdale. As a captivating communicator, Cynthia engages, energizes, and inspires her audiences to become all God created them to be. For more information on Cynthia's diverse background, log on to CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T.com. Let the next 60 minutes inspire, motivate, and encourage you to become your own best version. Now, here's Cynthia. Welcome to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you so much for joining us today. I think you're going to really enjoy this show. And I want to make sure right off the bat to remind you that if you start to listen and you like it and you're not able to continue listening to the show, you can always visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. That's C-I-N-T-H-I-A-H-I-E-T-T dot com. And you can listen to the podcast in its full entirety. And so thank you so much for joining us today. And I have with me a very special author, and she has been on before. So I'm really excited to have Cherry Fuller back. If you remember that name, she was on about six, nine months ago about her book at that time, which was a new book, and it is What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. And it was a great show, and I loved the book. So she has now come out with a new book, which is What a Son Needs, What a Son Needs from His Mom. And so let me just tell you a little bit about Cherry. She's pretty amazing. She's an internationally published, award-winning author of 45 books. That, that's mind-boggling to me. I struggle with the first one that I wrote and the second one I'm trying. 45 is amazing. And her newest is also Dangerous Prayer, What a Girl Needs from Her Mom, and Now What a, what a Son Needs from, from His Mom. And so she's presented keynotes and seminars throughout the U.S. and other countries. And she also is the co-founder of the Writers' Conference, Write Well and Sell Well, which is in Oklahoma City. And she is also former Oklahoma Mother of the Year, which is amazing, and serves as executive director of Oklahoma Messages Pro- Project, which is a nonprofit that provides uh, these really amazing life-giving programs for children of incarcerated parents. So, Cherry, thank you for joining us today. I am just happy to join you today, Cynthia, and the rest of the day I will be going to post off the post office and mailing packages to children oh, um, wow. around our state, Christmas packages that have a video message from their moms in prison, moms and dads, and the book that the parent, the bedtime story book that the parent reads on the video, and that's what I'll be doing all day how, after uh, this. Oh, how cool is that? What a great idea. Well, it is a real blessing for the children in that way. Since they can't have their parent beside the Christmas tree on Christmas morning, they get to put the video in, and it is amazing. And the parents wear Santa hats we take and reindeer reindeer headbands, and it's oh my a, an amazing blessing for the children. Well, that's awesome. Well, I'm you know, I'm, and I'm really glad you're on today about this this book. What a son needs from his mom, and well, I am thrilled to be. This is this is really important. You know, we were talking off air about just the crisis that boys have and men. It's this real confidence crisis. You know, we have really not done well by our men in in our country, and um, I think this is imperative that moms who are really parenting young men and wanting to bring them up to be good, strong, confident, good men. I'm really glad that you've written this book. You have so many things in here that 
that are helpful and so encouraging. So where would you like to start if we were to talk about this real crisis and how important it is for moms to build confidence in sons? Um, I would be happy to, Cynthia. And, you know, I think uh, as a parent, and particularly if you're a mom who's kind of fearful or you're worried or you're anxious and you're trying to protect your son and you're trying to do everything right, and it's real easy to control your son when they're younger, when they're a lot younger, and it's a lot easier to control them. And yes. um, and that means make all their decisions, don't let them pick out their clothes, tell them what to do, speak for them at the restaurant um, or anywhere else, you know. And um, and the problem with that is it doesn't raise confident boys. Right. And right. I share a story about, and by the way, I do have a chapter on overcoming your fears and your worries. So you can be a confident mother of boys. Because you need to not be, I mean, you, we all need to work on our fears. We all need to give our burdens and cares and worries to God. And if we do, we'll have a lot more fun parenting boys, I will say. I, we raised two boys and a girl. And um, But being intentional about developing confidence is, is really important because you might say our emotional makeup goes in the other direction. And when we over-parent, or we are hovering helicopter moms, then our sons develop this learned helplessness. See, that's a really important, that term, learned helplessness. That mm-hmm. everything needs to be done for them and decided for them. And and I know it sounds like a two-year-old or a three-year-old that you, you can't build their confidence then, but you really can. And I share a wonderful story about my friend Jennifer and Uh, When she was raising her baby boys, she was very intentional, and she thought, these little boys are going to be grown someday, and I want to raise men who are confident. So when they make a decision, they don't agonize about it. And she had seen in her precious husband's life how his mom, who was very controlling, very dominating, and also criticized him a lot, she always had a better way. This is how I would have done it. You made the wrong choice, even if it was just a small uh, choice or decision. And so from the very beginning, she started looking for opportunities to turn over decision-making to her sons in age-appropriate ways. When they were toddlers, she'd put out three outfits or two and say, choose the one you want to wear to preschool. When they were old enough for sports, she let them decide what they would play whether wow. they would shower yeah. in the morning or at night, whether they would do their homework after school or after dinner, where they would, whether they would wear mismatched shirts and pants or even shirts inside out. But she had to decide that she wasn't going to um, let other people's opinions <laughs> make her exactly. feel bad. Exactly, right. Because, you know, um, we can... Well, we can, yeah. as parents, get, think that our kids are such a reflection of us that we I sometimes know, but, forget that we're, see, we're trying yeah, to manage exactly. our own self, our own, the own, you know, the way that people perceive us versus really parenting our children. But see, she was raising them with uh, the larger purpose was to raise confident boys. Right. So, did they want to wear their little watch on the right wrist or the left? Do they want to have scrambled eggs today or fried? And so, second of all, when they did make a decision, she would back them up even if it means sacrificing her own convenience or her own pride. Right. About how that's they're looking. huge. Yes, and that's, that's huge. And that's huge. And it's not that she and her husband didn't provide guidance or discussion or discipline or rules. They did. 
but she was building confident boys who would be growing up into men that were ready to face the world. I needed to learn to really experience the consequences of choices, whether they're positive or negative, in a very safe environment. Exactly. Um, And so uh, I think that's really, really an important thing. And um, a a Christian psychiatrist, a psychologist who reviewed the whole book, provided some, you know, editing suggestions uh, when what a son needs from his mom was in process. He said, this chapter on a mom who builds confidence in her son is worth the price of the whole book because he has counseled boys and adolescents and parents for so many years, and he, he, he's seen that that overparenting, that controlling, that often we're doing out of really good, in other words, we're overfunctioning because we love them so much. Absolutely. But in the process of overprotecting, hovering, making things too easy for our boys, we can kill their confidence. And then they don't tend to put forth the effort to help themselves. I think that's really powerful. And and I think even if we miss that in formative years, we can still reintroduce it. Yes, we can. I mean, you know, they're, I would say, you know, if they're teenagers and they're laying around and they're not... <laughs> they're, yes. They're feeling very helpless. Mm-hmm. It may be time to get a, a, some counseling help. In the, because changing patterns, you know, it, it's an easy. It, parenting patterns, we kind of get ingrained in them. But if you'll keep the big picture and goal in mind and raise your son to have room to individuate, that means become a separate individual at the appropriate time, which is gradual, and then they leave us, uh, you yes, know, yes. after high school. But if we keep that big picture in mind that it's an important thing to help our sons become competent, courageous, independent young men who will someday leave us, will that will inform our parenting. Well, and I think, you know, if we have if we have sons that maybe we have been helicopter parents or we have hovered or we have you know, because we, as moms we have very sensitive hearts and, and yes. we don't want our children ever to hurt. And so we really are always mitigating What's a natural logical consequence and how much can mm-hmm. I protect them and their, their own little tender hearts? And so I think, you know, if we find that we have children that, you know, especially sons that are maybe more passive and they're older, they're junior high, high school, they're old enough to have a conversation with them and say, I've done you a disservice. Mm-hmm. I've done you a disservice. I take responsibility for it as a parent and we're doing a new program today. Because I don't, with a good conscience, I can't send you out into the world with you being this passive. Exactly. And and that, honey, you know, um, I'm going to begin to prepare you for when you're going to leave me, which is only going to be in a few years if right. you're an adolescent. Right. And that, um, and actually that can reduce a lot of conflict. Absolutely. Uh, during the teen years, because, I mean, they are inside their hearts and minds, they are starting to individuate. They are. From us, and that's part of separation. That's a divine plan, so that someday they can, you know, stand on their own two feet. But if we'll avoid things, and I list these in the book in this chapter on building confidence, if we'll avoid saying things like, "I don't think that's a good idea. Don't do that. Wait, you're not doing this right. That's so difficult. Let me do it for you," or "I'll talk to your teacher and get her to change your grade." If we'll avoid that kind of language and instead say things like, uh, let's talk about it. Let's make a, a 
you know, a pro and con list, and I know you can make a good decision. Um, right, and and if you and if you fail, I will be here for you. And if you fail, I, but no, if you fail, God will be with you. Absolutely, too. absolutely, and that's really important. So they can learn at gradually as they go to make decisions. And when they ask, I mean, this is a little thing. If your child asks, can I go You know what? I have to take us to a quick break. I'm so sorry, Cherry. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Join me in this next segment with Cherry Fuller as we talk about what a son needs from his mom. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt, and thank you for joining me today. I have a special guest with me today, Cherry Fuller, and she has written a new book called What a Man Needs from His Mom. And we were talking in the last segment about confidence and instilling confidence in men and in young boys so they become men of confidence so that they are not passive or or indecisive. And And so this is a very powerful book, and what we really want you to understand as moms is even if you have a high schooler, you can still introduce this. And so Cherry is a phenomenal, um, very prolific writer. She has 45 books that have already been published. And so, Cherry, thank you again for being with us. Well, thank you, Cynthia. And I like this idea, what we were talking about, just what has happened to young men and being passive and avoiding conflict. And, you know, and the problem we have with gender is that because of the way that women process information, we think so quickly and on so many different levels that if if we have a passive man, we will jump right in and start to give him all kinds of ideas. Well, that's exactly right. And that's why this book is really what a son needs from his mom from the very earliest years all the way through high school until she launches her precious son into college or a job or a career or or whatever. And, it, of course, it's part of this whole book, which is every chapter is something your son needs, um, like um, a mom who encourages. They need encouragement. Of course, we're talking about building confidence in our sons, a mom who overcomes her fears, a mom who prays for her son is a great need. Every son needs a mom who prays for him. Um, another, the next chapter is a mom who listens and communicates, a mom who stays connected. Now, that can be very challenging for mothers of boys, especially, uh, well, I would say all along the way, especially if you grew up in a family of girls like I did. My brother, exactly. I do have a brother, but he's the youngest of six. And, oh, my and goodness. So <laughs> I grew up in a girl world, and I share <laughs> that in the first chapter. And I had to learn how to connect with my son you know, through activities and different things. I give, I give some good examples of how to do this. Oh, I think this is amazing because then you talk, you, you know, you kind of, it kind of chronologically moves forward in their life and you end up with, you know, a mom who nurtures her son's faith and then releases her son to manhood and then a mom who pursues a purposeful life. Yes. We what a great way to end. up our yes. suitcase <laughs> yes. and just give up life and get depressed because he's gone. No, we want to celebrate that we've raised this wonderful son who's learning how to live on his own two feet. And 
So I talk about how to help him shine in school and how to understand your son's unique personality and temperament, which is really important. And along the way, a mom who develops her son's character and helps him manage his emotions. Because, you know, the way a little guy or a big guy or teenage boy manages his emotions is different than how we may. I can tell Very you it different. wasn't me and my son. And then, of course, a mom who nurtures her son's faith and then is able to trust that the seeds that were planted and the prayers that we pray for our son, because that's really the catalyst. We can't change our son's hearts or our daughters. Well, but I think that our prayers, God is the heart changer. You're absolutely right. I, I think that's one of the hardest things for us as women is to be really um, committed to praying for men. I practice that with my husband, I, I, and I tell women all the time, God speaks to my husband in a way that he hears much better than the way I speak to him. And That's very the, true. And the more that I'm willing to pray for him, what happens is little doors open for me to say what my concern might be, and he has an ear to hear it, or he even right. brings it to me. And so, you know, it's really powerful when we are willing to talk to our girlfriends and pray for our sons and husbands. Right, and not to gossip about our boys. Absolutely. Oh, they just hate it when we tell personal things, our girlfriends, our other mothers. But, uh, you know, when my sons and and daughter, when I was raising our three children, I realized along the way that, and it helped my prayer life more than anything, more than anything even today, is to know that our prayers outlive our lives. Our prayers may be answered next week for our sons or our children, but God hears our prayers, and he sets those prayers before him. All you have to do is read Revelation, and especially uh, uh, the whole Bible. is yes, God, yes. God doesn't forget our prayers, and those prayers that we pray for our little sons and our, our big boys and our daughters, they go on to bless them throughout their life, even after we've gone to heaven, and to bless their children and their children's children. And once we realize the longevity of prayer, and the, then that's part of the power, but it also helps us persevere. And perseverance in prayer is very important. I think that's very keep, powerful. In other say. words, P-U-S-H, I tell moms, pray until something happens. And exactly. if it doesn't, keep praying. That's right. Because it will. I think that's very powerful. So we are coming up almost to our next um, break. So if you could just take maybe a minute and maybe talk a little bit about a personal experience you had with your son of how this kind of really hit home for you. Well, I I would be happy to. um, Can you do it it in a minute? I can do it in a minute. (laughs) Our oldest son, Justin, when he stepped in in the doors of high school in the ninth grade, he thought the whole world was a party, and he wasn't interested in youth group, and he was a good guy. He's a wonderful boy, but very social, and he uh, sort of left the Lord and all that church stuff behind. Right, right. Oh, until, my. But I kept praying for him, and I prayed with another college mom who had a, a son in college. In fact, she had two, and I had two. And I didn't see any change for six years, but the end of his sophomore year of college, we were he and I were driving. He was kind of frustrated. He didn't have a summer job. His girlfriend had broken up with him. And he turned to me after six years, and he said, Mom, I'm empty and stressed out just like all the other college students, but I know 
And he said, all I want is to be close to Christ again. Wow. And I'll tell you what, he he never, he was 20, he never veered from that. And he's 44 years old. He's a godly, dedicated dad and husband and believer. But it was six years oh, of prayer. My. See, I think that's so powerful when we remind ourselves that God cares more and loves mm-hmm. more than we ever could for the people that are important to us. And so we can true. trust that we can trust his commitment to them, you, right. you know, and that and that we really need to be saying, you know, I'm not seeing what I need to see. But God, you have a plan. This person belongs to you. You died for this person and you will not abandon the work of your hands. Right, and ask God, show me how to pray. Yes. Is there a scripture yes. you want me to pray for my son? And it really helps our minds to stay busy when we're thinking in that direction instead of thinking about all the things that isn't happening that is scaring us. All the us. what ifs. Yes, <laughs> and that is scaring us about our families. You know, it's like, oh, that's not happening. They're getting into this and they're doing that. And instead, we need to really be focusing our mind on Christ. This is what you can do. This is how right. you, you've died for them. You are living for them. And, and keep reminding ourselves that we need to really bolster up our faith in that way so that we can be the person right. that they are needing. And to know that whatever happens, God's still on his throne. That's right. That's exactly right. Well, we are coming to the end of this segment, and thank you so much, Cherry. I'm going to have you back oh, for two, you. two more segments. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia, and we are talking with Cherry Fuller. She is a very prolific uh, writer, and she has released this new book, What a Son Needs from His Mom. And I think you're going to love it. So join us again. Always visit my website at CynthiaHyatt.com. You can listen to the podcast in its entirety. Welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt. Uh, we are here on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk, and I'm so glad you joined me today. We have author Cherry Fuller, and she has just released a new book, and it is called What a Son Needs from His Mom. If you remember, we had her um, months ago when she released the, the precursor to this, which was What a Girl Needs from Her Mom. And so, Cherry, thank you. These books are so helpful. And maybe you could let us know kind of how to get a hold of you and how to get them if we want that. Uh, if, if a mom or anybody else, because this makes a great yes, um, it does. gift for yes. a new mom or for any mom. It's a good talking Or a struggling, a struggling mom. These are so encouraging, Yeah, these but books. not just a struggling mom. I mean, this is not a book, you know, oh, oh, how, absolutely. how to deal with problems yeah. with your boy. But um, for any mom uh, who just wants to have a better understanding of what her son's needs are, because sometimes that's a little bit of a mystery to us mothers. Absolutely. Um, and so if they go to www.cherryfuller.com, and that's C-H-E-R-I-F-U-L-L-E-R.com, they can order the book and we'll ship it directly to you. And... Um, They could also order What a Girl Needs from Her Mom and uh, my new book, Dangerous Prayer, which just came out. Well, that one's exciting. We'll have to have you back on for that one. I'd love to. That would be great. Or they could order it from Amazon, but if they want to indicate someone they want me to autograph it to, I could do that, and uh, they could get it before Christmas. I I think it's a great Christmas present for any mom. 
and especially because it really helps to focus in the right direction, which is really allowing God to help us with that whole parenting and not feeling like we're all alone doing it, trying to figure out our children. Yeah, and you know, uh, we were talking a few minutes ago about uh, one of the chapters is on a mom who stays connected with her sons, and uh, I would share one of my very best secrets that I learned as a mother, and I would love to pass on to your listeners. Yes, please. Is that, you know, the best, what I discovered, the best way to connect with my sons was to get on their turf. In other words, to see what they're interested in doing. And oftentimes, that's going to be some activity that I wouldn't normally do. So many afternoons after school, when Chris dropped his books on the kitchen table, I mean, he was like seventh grade. He was not going to sit down and have tea with mom after school. He was very sports-oriented. And I would ask him, hey, Chris, you want to shoot some hooks? Or, depending on what the season was, <laughs> he played three He played three sports a year, baseball, um, uh, basketball in the winter, and volleyball in the fall. And uh, I wow. wasn't so good at volleyball, right. but but I could, I could throw, and if it was football season, he'd just like to throw the football. So uh, we'd go out, and almost never would he say no, because it wasn't just talking to mom. We would go out and do something really active. If it was bad weather, we had a ping pong table in the garage, and we would just play. We would just throw that basket. He would always laugh at me because I threw underhanded, and he was very good. But but the neat thing about this is sometimes while we played, they would tell me something I would never have known. Like they'd say, "Oh, I've got a I've got a sports I've got a basketball tryout coming up," or "I uh, there's this you know cute girl I'd love to ask to the dance." When they when they got into high school. Our older son, he was a tennis player. Fortunately, I'd played tennis since I was 14. So I love to go up, go out and, you know, play tennis at a neighborhood court when we could. But, you know, I dropped what I was doing. I was a writer and I had a part-time job as a teacher. But if they took me up on the offer of want to shoot some hoops, want to throw the football, want to throw the baseball, I would go out and we would do that in the yard and they would I would always find out something I didn't know. That's not why I was doing it. I was doing it to connect with them. I do that with our grandsons today who are all teenagers. They're 13, 14, 15. Um, but that's the way you connect with boys and men. If you, you know, It's through activity, through doing something that they enjoy. If it's a tiny boy, it might be building with Legos, um, playing a board game. But as boys get older, it's usually, see, their their feelings are like oatmeal, and they're inside there, but if they get heated up through activity, it's like oatmeal when, it get, when we heat it on the stove. The bubbles will go to the top, and they'll begin to express a feeling or a thought or something better than just sitting in a chair. Does that make sense? Well, I think it's really powerful. As we end this segment, I think we can we can really encapsulate it by saying when you understand gender, one of the things that we that women have a hard time with men is that we want to just sit and talk to them. And that is not yeah. the way they operate. So when we do something with men, we have a tendency to get more out of them. So this is right. Some- and I call it 
just to get on their turf. And right. really, it's not just to get any information. It's just to enjoy exactly. connecting and, to get, and, and yes. being with them. And that's how the relationship grows. And it's just such a privilege. Yes, it is. Well, this is, we are coming here at the end of this segment. This is Cynthia Hyatt with Conversations with Cynthia. Thank you. And join us in the next one with Cherry Fuller. Well, welcome back to Conversations with Cynthia. I'm Cynthia Hyatt here on 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk. And we are talking today with Cherry Fuller, author of a new book called What a Son Needs from His Mom. And I really encourage you to go to the website and listen to the show in its entirety. She has some great insights for you. Wonderful, just just little tidbits of information that will really help in understanding boys and boys that are becoming men. So, Cherry, thank you again. And why don't you let us know how to, again, how to get your book and the other books that we can, you know, find. And, and then we'll kind of start with this idea about when you talk about exuberant praise and that can kind of backfire and what are better ways to encourage boys? All righty. Um, and again, thank you for having me as one of your conversations. Oh, I really absolutely. And, um, <laughs> So if they would like to get my book, What a Son Needs from His Mom, um, you can go to www.cherryfuller.com, C-H-E-R-I, and then F-U-L-L-E-R, like Fuller Brush, dot com. <laughs> and, or they could go to Amazon. They could certainly get it on Amazon. Um, I'll be happy to send it to you or uh, as well. Amazon would. It's published by, they're both published by Bethany House. So is uh as well as what a girl needs from her mom. Maybe you have girls and boys. Um, but you asked me about this whole exuberant praise thing. First of all, I would say you that I would share that I do think it's helpful to focus on the donut instead of the whole. And uh, moms ask me, well, what are you talking about? And what I mean is focusing on what your son did rather than what he's not doing. Absolutely. It means... Uh, is saying something positive about his progress instead of pointing out deficiencies, the deficiencies of the whole. The donut is what he's trying to do better. He's got some progress. He's, you know, he did. they didn't win the soccer game, but he was engaged with the game, and he stayed in there, and he encouraged his team players. Net more negative is when we're always focusing on the whole, which is, how they're falling short, and it becomes, you know, it, that's what rings in their mind is critical words, and that deflates their efforts rather than motivating them. But then, I, I mean, today there there really is a lot of exuberant praise, and, and you know, parent, we want our kids to have good self-esteem, and so there's just a lot of, like, uh, they play really well on the sixth grade football team, and maybe he, your son makes makes a not a goal, <laughs> so, <laughs> make, makes a touchdown, and has a great run. And and over praising would be, oh, you're going to be the next NFL star. Well, when we say that, it's counterproductive because it puts pressure on them that that's how. <laughs> That's how they've got to be all the time. And, or like a better example would be, you know, your son or daughter makes an A on the math test. And 
you say, well, you are so smart in math. Well, a better thing to say is, <coughs> I'm sorry, my Oh, that's all right. Was, it's always frustrating. I know I'm struggling with a cold. Say, would be you worked so hard and did all your homework and studied, and I just congratulate you for that, A. Because, see, if we tell them they're smart and then they don't do well the next time, they think, I must not be good at this, and so they tend to give up. Well, I think it's, it's like you're, you're trying to really focus on the character qualities and character development versus performance and, and versus exactly. over-inflating and, a child's ego. You know, we yes, want them to and, really focus on the things that they're good at. And the, there's a lot of research studies that show that effort-praised students have a lot more significant improvement at school, make the best scores, and are less likely to lie or cheat in school. And effort praising just means things like, wow, you got eight more right than you did last week. You must have worked very hard in spelling. Um, or like they do a book report. Well, you worked hard and finished that whole book report, and you read that 200-page book. I like that. Or I'm proud of you for doing that. Or good work with your science fair competition, you know, what you entered in the science fair. Or I appreciate how you stuck in there and you played your hardest all season, even though your team came in last place. Because letting boys know, this is a big key thing, letting boys know that effort and hard work is the key ingredient in all pursuits of life is an important message. And we start showing that by the way we encourage and praise them all the way through their growing up years. And then they internalize that. They tend to internalize, oh, if I don't do well, I just need to work harder. Well, I think I think the really, you know, key to what you're saying is when we are really focusing on effort praise, then what we are doing is we are causing their self-worth, their self-concept to be based in character, not in a talent. Exactly. Because if we if, exactly. we, if their self-worth is based in a talent, that's a whole different process and problem. Because or then if it's just they, based on a score, like 98 or 100. Well, that's, yeah, exactly. That it's more performance versus we really want them to be focusing on character and virtue. You're exactly right. I, th- I think that's part of where we get off base sometimes is we create you know, children that might have weaker egos in terms of, you know, needing to be praised a lot or needing a lot of bolstering up because all of that good feeling they have is based on on their talent, that they're told they're the smartest kid in the class or they're the most beautiful or they're the best football right. player. Instead of saying, you know, you show up for practice every day and you are a good team player and, you right. are, yes, you are talented, but more than anything, you lead that team in your attitude, in your, you know. In your perseverance. Yes, in yes. In your hard work. Yes. And then I'll tell you uh, just quickly, if you translate that into when they're teenagers, let's say your teenage boy, um, I tell a story in, in this chapter, A Mom Who Encourages, about about um, a young man I know who's now in college. He was a six-foot-tall high school soccer player. Oh, my. And he and I were <laughs> talking in the front yard about a car accident he just had. And he said, um, after the wreck, he told his mom how sorry he was. Now, it was his fault. He was he was on his cell phone, and he hit the car in front of him. And it, it uh, damaged the car. In fact, it, it totaled the car. 
um, it didn't hurt anybody, but it did damage the car. Right. And he told me that when he talked to his mom, if she had said negative things like, why weren't you being smarter, or I told you so, it would have brought him down more because he already felt horrible about the accident. Instead, his mom told Evan there were so many worse things that could have happened, and she agreed it was his fault. But instead of piling on more guilt, she just expressed she was so thankful he was safe. And he said, my mom is my greatest encourager. When my team loses or when I perform well, um, you know, she highlights some positive thing. But if I make wrong moves or kicks in the soccer match, she doesn't bring me down. And that's just really, you know, so very important because we want to be our son's and our daughter's greatest encouragers. I think that's very powerful, and it's hard sometimes to learn how to do that. And it's difficult to maybe control some of our own feelings of disappointment or frustration or the coulda, shoulda, woulda, if only then. Right. And if they were listening to me. And it's, it's really trusting that, you know, I tell people all the time, the only way humans learn, humans learn by making mistakes. Exactly. There and isn't any way to, them. yeah, there's no way, other way to learn. You know, I yeah, wish we there's all. No perfect, there's no perfect moms. There's That's right. no perfect children. That's right. Or husbands. And so, you know, it's that whole thing of, you know, love covers a multitude of sin. And so when we really, truly love, it covers a lot of the, mm-hmm. the problems they have as they're growing up. It doesn't mean that we hide the issues. You're so right. You know, and it, it's so, I mean, I'm so glad you wrote this book because we really need to be supporting the men in our lives. And the more that we recognize that this effort praise certainly is powerful with women, but different with girls and women. But with men, it really, really taps into one of their greatest needs, and that is success. Right. and it really motivates them. Well, they, they're great, one of their greatest needs is, is success. And when we give them success, you know, at especially character issues, and we say, you know, you're a trustworthy man, you're a good man, you know, I, I can count on you. Um, you know, these types of things cause boys and men to want to rise to the occasion. They do, indeed. And be those heroes. They well, do. Well, I'm you so... You have a lot of wisdom, oh, you. You are You are so kind. Thank you. That's why I have people like you on my show. <laughs> so I'm so glad about this book. So tell us any parting comments you, that you have about the book and what you like about it, what, what you hope people get from it or what you really want them to get from it? Well, first of all, it's not guilt producing. Um, And I share some of my mistakes. I've made quite (laughs) a few mistakes, but I would share with moms, you know, God's grace will cover. And he will give you the wisdom you need to raise your sons and your daughters. But be sure and put yourself on your to-do list and find some things you're passionate about or that you love to do for fun so you don't burn out along the way, and, you know, uh, avoid wanting your son to keep needing you as he grows older and older because that leads to clipping his wings and making him feel guilty for leaving because, truly, changes are inevitable, and he's going to change as he grows. But in the midst of all those changes, if we put our hope in God and trust him for all the plans he has for us and for our children, then that's a life of joy even when we have problems. Well, I think that's powerful because you do end this book with finding a purposeful life and that we really need to be 
concentrating and and vision casting and saying to God, these children are going to be with me for a short period of time. This is not my only life's purpose. This is not the only right. reason you created me. And so yeah. we, and, we need to be preparing for that. Yeah, and I think, Cynthia, you know, as moms, we need to not be, you know, think about when your son packs everything up and, and, and his car and heads for college, you're not going to be thinking, I wish I'd spent more time on social media. Um, I wish I'd spent more time updating my Facebook or Instagram. You're going to cherish the memories you've made with him from the time he's little and then all the way up. And uh, so it's been wonderful to be on your show today. Thank you. And I just appreciate you so much, Cynthia. Well, we really appreciate you. And tell people how to get a hold of you, and we will have you again with uh, your new book, Dangerous Prayers. Yes. Well, they can just email me right through my website, cherryfuller.com, C-H-E-R-I, F-U-L-L-E-R.com. They can email me right through that or order a book. Um, I also have a really nice, uh, a few blogs that moms love, like uh, one is a list of things that every child should hear that's encouraging and builds them up, and then things they should never hear because they, they tear them down. And they can find that on my website. That's awesome. Cherry, thank you for being with us. God bless you and all that thank you do. You, and we will talk again soon. And happy Merry Christmas. You too. Thank you. We'll talk again. Bye-bye. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to listen to Cherry Fuller. She is really a very amazing, insightful author. And her books are very solid and very um, coherent, very cohesive. And I think that, and very salient, I think you will really get a lot out of this this newest book that she has, What a, a Son Needs from His Mom. And I think some of the takeaways for us today was really understanding this idea that Men need to challenge themselves. And if you listen to any of the talks I've done on gender, we know that a great, one of a man's greatest needs is respect, success, and challenge and adventure. And if we get in the way of a man challenging himself and putting himself out there to fail, then we steal from him a great part of the creation that God has done with him, the essence of who he is. So we need to be encouraging our sons while we have them to help with patching up those wounds and kissing those little boo-boos, that we let them make mistakes early and that we are there with them and we help them. And so I just say, God bless you today. And as you parent your sons, listen again to Conversations with Cynthia on Sundays at 4 p.m., 1360 KPXQ Faith Talk, and make sure you visit the website at CynthiaHyatt.com. Have a blessed week. ...isn't a replacement for professional counseling or therapy. The messages and teachings shared during this show are given as a way to teach listeners with ideas and insights about how to become your own best version. Cynthia is available as a keynote or guest speaker for corporate or spiritual events. To contact Cynthia, go to CynthiaHyatt.com. If you missed any part of this program, You can hear a replay at any time at faithtalk1360.com. Join us again next Sunday at 4 p.m. for Conversations with Cynthia on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ.